0: Today, August 25th, marks the one-year anniversary since Hurricane Harvey hit exactly a year ago, August 25th, 2017. If you're in Houston, Texas, U.S., or even abroad, you must have heard the news. You must have heard it on on TV or scrolling through social media. It was the biggest hurricane to hit the continental U.S., to hit land in this country, I think, since Katrina, which was in 2005, um, if not the greatest ever. Um, It caused an average of 30 40 or even greater than that inches of of water to be sitting Sitting on the ground. That's like over three feet, right? So many places um, Saw water up to two three feet in their first floor or at least out in the yard Um, Some people some people's couches and furniture and so on were ruined carpets Walls up to here were ruined had to be you know mucked out and we'll I'll talk about that in a second Uh, some cars were under Um, some trucks sometimes could barely even cross some of the streets, many of the streets were underwater. Houston, you must have seen the pictures and videos, Houston, and like downtown Houston was, looked like a swimming pool or a lake. It was, um, it was definitely something. They refer to it as the thousand year flood. Not that it happens only once every thousand years, but that it's very, very unlikely. Only one, one over a thousand chance of it happening, I think, in every hurricane season. And this is now like the beginning of 2018's hurricane season. So we'll see. Um, Definitely very memorable, definitely a hopefully once-in-a-lifetime thing, I don't know. But uh, I wanted to share a little bit of what's happened here in Houston since, and during that time. Um, I remember turning my my little apartment, whatever it is that I have, into kind of a makeshift shelter. Um, I didn't have people that came over, but I had a bunch of supplies and packs of water and, you know, first aid and flashlights and batteries and that kind of stuff, as you can imagine, all over. And I was actually able to help people that weren't as prepared. Um, that couldn't get to the store or got to the store too late. I mean, literally, imagine big stores like Costco and Walmart and so on, um, where you'd have, like, a place, you know, whatever, as big as a school, an area that big, um, uh, full of uh, water, drinks, food supplies, etc., completely empty. I mean, I went to the water, sh- water section, and it was, like, there's pretty much no water left. Luckily, I'd got a bunch of cases. I was able to help out friends and, and neighbors, and uh, many people had their cars uh, at water level or almost at water level when the water was a foot, a foot and a half, two feet off the ground. Uh, smaller cars, we had to push them up onto the curb or up onto, you know, higher ground. Now, that was fun and exhausting. Um, um, I got to go to different shelters in Houston. So George R. Ground, these are places that, you know, if you're in the area, if you're local, you'd, 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 you'd know. Uh, these are some of the landmarks in Houston. Houston being one of the biggest cities in the country. Uh, George R. Brown Convention Center, where, where I go like regularly, multiple times a year for different conferences and conventions, for meetups and networking events. Um, it was. It turned. Into, it, they used it as a shelter. Hundreds and hundreds of families and kids and moms and so on were there. Uh, I got to go and look around and help out with some of the kids and help out with food and some stuff. I went there multiple times. I went to uh, NRG uh, again. Uh, many of you around the country will know NRG as the place where the last Super Bowl was held, right? The uh, the final game for the um, for the football season. Uh, that same NRG. Um, there's a stadium It's kind of like A you know, circular oval shape And then there's a big Rectangular center You know Kind of like a conference hall Or big auditorium Type thing And that was uh, That was also turned Into a shelter From so hundreds and hundreds Of families there had there, These little beds And cots And place for food For everybody And again I was taking care of the kids And doing all that Doing whatever Whatever I could Volunteer um, There were a couple Other places in Houston Lots of mosques And churches were shelters Or at least had storage And food that they can give out Masjid Tawheed um, Northeast Houston um, Right in the middle Of the ghetto That's kind of Part of the idea. They um they have a mosque there in one of the most dangerous areas in the country. And they um they go out and they give da'wah, the they propagate, they speak to people about the religion, and they also give out food and so on. In Hurricane Harvey, we had tons of people that came there. Maybe I'll show some footage. Uh Congressman Sheila Jackson Lee came by. Um we set up all these tables and makeshift tents and then we were giving out food and stuff. Uh that was good. That was like a week or two after Harvey. Uh I'm trying to remember our mosque got flooded at least at least at least a few inches, so they had to redo all the uh, well, the carpet, but um, that whole area you're close to the medical center, that's south or like central Houston um, was one of the mosques on the list of shelters that people could go to if they needed to because people lost their homes and houses. I don't have all the statistics. Maybe I'll I'll, I'll put a link or an infographic. But it's somewhere between two and three hundred thousand people lost their homes. That's huge. It's like over a billion dollars of damage. I don't remember. Was it 1.3 or 13? Some, some huge number. Uh, billions of dollars of damages how many hundreds of millions of dollars came in of aid from the federal government, and obviously all the politics and economics behind it. I'll, maybe I'll share a link or so. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's been a year since, and there's a lot to, uh, to talk about. Um, maybe a few more things. Uh, there, was, there was a memorable incident where um, uh, I got in a friend's truck. I had been stuck in my apartment for a few days because I don't have a, I have a truck, and the you know the roads are closed this, this guy came in a big, big truck. We got in, and we thought we were gonna go out and help people, and we were able to deliver packs of water we were trying to help a couple with their trying to get medicine from their home, and they're staying at a hotel, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we got stuck in like two, three feet of mud. Three of the four tires of the truck were stuck deep in mud and just kept sinking. As we every time we tried to push, it was getting getting deeper and deeper, and only one truck, only one wheel was out and it was spinning, and we were we were stuck. And it was at night. It was raining. could barely see a few feet in the distance, and the road was, the roads were full with water, and we we're stuck between two roads in this grassy, you know, island thing in the middle. And it was the mud was just it was it was something else. And it's, we spent 30 minutes or an hour of just pushing the truck and it's getting deeper and deeper in. Kept trying to rev it, trying to reverse it and nothing would work. We eventually had to leave the truck, which was scary. I mean, and then walking, we're in the middle of nowhere. We're walking probably a few miles at least from the center of our of the city. We're kind of out on one of the side roads. And um, yeah, that was fun. We were meant to, we were physically and mentally exhausted from pushing. I remember calling 911 at one point. And after being on hold, I mean, if, for those who know, like generally in the US, you call 911, it's gonna be an instant. Like, they're gonna get picked up right away and come within two, three, four, five minutes maximum. The cops will be there, usually shorter, usually quicker. But uh, I was on hold for what, like 10, 20, 30 minutes or something, which is, unto- which is unheard of. There's like 100 people in line ahead of me or more. And when it finally got, the operator got to me, they were like, describing described the situation. I was like, oh man, this is not really an emergency in the sense that it was scary. Uh, definitely not your everyday, not your average day. But uh, we were physically okay. It was not an emergency in that sense, so they had to You know, the cops never came, and we had to just deal with it. Left the truck. We were about to go and stay over the night at a church that was just a few feet away on the other side of the street. Kind of scary because it's an empty, dark church. No one else was there at night. But it was nice that they left the doors open. I think it was on purpose, and they wanted people to be able to see that as a shelter and be able to go there, and that was cool. We almost stayed there. We decided instead to walk, which is kind of dangerous. My friend (laughs) almost ended up in the hospital because he was in, you know, vomiting and, and the water was hitting him, and, you know, something I'd seen out of a movie. But that happened. He ended up going to a shelter. I ended up making it almost home. Um, but there's a big road that was, that was filled, like, feet under, um, close to my home, and I was exhausted at that point. We were walking, you know, wearing our, you know, raincoats and everything. I ended up just staying in a hotel, and the people were, the people at the hotel were the ones who were trying to help with the medicine, so they ended up giving us a free night there. I stayed at our hotel, walked home the next day. It was, it was something. Um, obviously, like, uh, I mean, it's wrong to laugh about these things, because, like I said, tons of people lost their homes and lost money, and people are still recovering. It'll probably be years till people recover. And you can think about the homeless. I mean, they were already homeless, and they're thinking... You're asking us you're asking the government to like repair your house or to give you money in exchange for your house, but we never had a house like so you can imagine from their point of view, they're homeless and I don't know what they did what they did when they were uh, when the rain was coming and they didn't have anywhere they didn't have any shelter. So it definitely isn't something to joke about. But overall, me personally, in my experience, it was an overall positive experience from what I learned. So I will try to focus on the positive and obviously the negatives are as you can imagine. Um, I mean if you think of Hurricane uh, Hurricane Katrina, which is probably the biggest thing since I mean since before Harvey, um that's over That's over 10 years ago, that's like 13 years ago. And I know for a fact that people are still recovering since, some people haven't, and some people are living in trailer homes, and some people are still waiting on their aid from the government, and it's, it's a mess. Um, but I wanna to try to focus on the positive. Among them is the fact that I saw tons of nonprofits out there, tons of uh, lawyers and volunteers and people that are trying to help out. Maybe lawyers are trying to help out from the legal side, helping people with their houses. Uh, organizations like Red Cross, I was able to spend some hours with them helping with their, their stuff. I mean, they have centers all over, volunteers that come from all over this region of Texas and Louisiana and so on, came to Houston. So this is the HQ of like Red Cross in the South. That was awesome. And I was there just to see how they're doing. And obviously, it's an old, established organization. I got to spend some time with ICNA. Um, that's the Islamic Circle of North America, one of the biggest and lo- oldest and most well-established uh, Islamic organizations in the country. And uh, they're there constantly at different uh, different natural disasters, right? That's ICNA Relief, one of their one of the organizations under the umbrella. And uh, I was able to volunteer with them a few a few days. They uh, they went to any house that had any water that touch it, which is tons of houses. They had to muck the houses which is basically like destroy the wood up to this point that the the walls and everything below and open it up and there's like you know the styrofoam or whatever you call the the, uh the insulation they had to pull that out because it would be filled with water and then there would be like fungus and moss and stuff growing in it. tear that out so it doesn't destroy the entire home so they did that for imagine how many homes up to that like three feet all across the house and neighborhoods all over houston that's i mean they spent months doing that i mean they probably finished up some months ago i was there at least for a few times and um was able to even house some of those who came from Florida, part of Ike Relief, to come to Houston, and they, you know, they basically follow the storms where they go, follow the disasters, and and the the, the leader of the, of this of this uh, this team, who stayed with me and talked to me about Katrina, and some of his experiences there, and the volunteers and the leaders and so on, and what can has done, and it's amazing stuff. Um, yeah, trying to focus on the positive. One last thing to leave with. Um, um, the big picture of, of a natural disaster like this in a city like Houston, which is a major city and the politics involved, people kinda of take it in two ways. It's kinda of like the cup half empty half full. People focus on the fact that like, oh man, all these people were all these people were affected and how about people of color, how about low income, et cetera, et cetera, which is all reality. Um, but taking it to an extreme can kinda can kinda hinder the process of, of trying to improve things and trying to just focus on the negative and it's not really it's not really that effective. I've seen that. I don't want to call it names or organizations. But then you also see the fact and the reality and people focusing on the positive, which is Everyone can tell you this in Houston No one knew their neighbors better than they did During Harvey and after Harvey and since Harvey That's definitely a positive The community was connected in a way that's never done Both in our community as Muslims And other communities But also intra Inter and intra Communities across Houston And even connecting Houston to other cities And you know uh, You know Local, state and federal government But like on the ground we saw people from all different neighborhoods and all different classes and all different colors and everyone came together to help out in any way they could and that was beautiful to see different organizations collaborated again mosques and churches and so on it's it's worth mentioning although it's not popular um some of you might have heard on the news during that time during hurricane harvey that week or two weeks um people were talking about uh, joel Osteen and lakewood church which is one of the biggest largest congregations in the country in in houston and texas very well known uh, i grew up listening to joel Osteen and others like him um yeah the, the media basically bashed him and others by saying that they didn't open up their church and they didn't allow people to come in and take shelter and what kind of christians are you that whole that whole story and i get where they're coming from uh in fact i could actually tell you that that actually wasn't true it was at best it was it was the uh, the truth was twisted if not if not an out- outright lie because i went to that church and i saw hundreds and hundreds of boxes i'm talking about huge you know 70 70 pound boxes full of supplies and tens of volunteers that were there that were helping out it was actually one of the hqs one of the headquarters of of relief effort and so on across Houston was Lakewood Church and I went there and saw myself and took pictures um, they opened up a little bit late but so did every almost everyone else in Houston and that was part of the process and for many reasons not to get into now but anyway so uh, uh yeah I, I want to warn people against being overly you know sectarian or overly um, uh, overly entrenched in their own party or their own system or their own politics or their own religion or whatever it is whatever it is um, kind of see things from other people's point of view and try trying to get a big picture view and uh, try to be someone who builds bridges rather than tears them down. And uh, the worst thing you can do is lie about another community, or another person, or another group. So, there's a lot more to be said, obviously. Um, I'll end with this. Uh, definitely one of the themes of uh, this whole story and this event of Hurricane Harvey and, and natural disasters in general and how to respond to them and so on, is service, right? Uh, many of us have to recognize, I know, I know my audience, a lot of you are young, uh, a lot of you are healthy, uh, well-educated, come from good families, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I want to use the word privileged, but I, I also don't want to encourage anybody to use this word um, when speaking about others and kind of insulting others. We have this kind of toxic culture of saying, well, you're privileged and all right, that, that's, that's that's meaningless and it, it goes nowhere. But, but it is important to recognize if you um, are fortunate, if you are privileged in the sense that you don't have to worry about where your next meal is coming from, you don't have to worry about shelter, you don't have to worry about getting a proper education or you're gonna be able to economically, financially take care of yourself in the future, et cetera, et cetera. You don't have these worries. You're generally middle class or even upper class and uh, things are going well for you and your family and so on, it's good to be grateful, uh, good to recognize this, recognize your privilege, if that's, if that's the right word, and um, and part of your gratitude and gratefulness for for what you have and what you've been given, what you've been blessed with, is to serve others, right? And there are so many ways to do so. Um, a few of them mentioned in this video, but um, you find that there are those who are homeless in your city, and you can go and feed them. You can start an organization. they probably already are organizations. So you just got to volunteer. You just got to spend a little bit of your time. You just got to leave your house. You just got to, you know, uh, take a break from whatever, whatever else that you're doing. It's, we all know that we're taking plenty of breaks already. I mean, all the time that we spend on Netflix and movies and games and shows and movies and music and whatever it is, um, just wasting time, time going by, you know, entertainment culture. Instead, why don't you take a fraction of that, if not all of that, and um, when you're not working and not studying and doing other things that are productive and helping your family and whatever it is you're doing, your responsibility, and commitments, why don't you go out and spend an hour a week or so, or more, hopefully. And volunteer your time and if you have a certain you have certain knowledge and skills and abilities and you're gonna find there's plenty of ways you can use that to benefit others right so think beyond yourself um, and get involved and be active and help others and care about others and be empathetic and sympathetic and and, uh, try to see things from other people's point of view and try to make your life meaningful and purposeful and use what God has given you to help others I mean our whole entire faith our religion and those who know me know that that's where I come from why I make these videos why I talk about almost anything how I see the world my worldview um, can be summarized and um, and broken down and simplified into really just worshiping God you know loving God knowing your Lord uh, knowing who God is and serving others taking care of others so it's love God and serve His creation love God and serve people very simple and that's a meaningful purposeful life a life worth living and our life here is our time here is short right um, take life seriously because it can end at any moment and appreciate what you have. There are many that don't have it. And that's it for now. Assalamualaikum.